Hi friends, welcome to Why We Care, the podcast where together we explore our relationship with the natural world. I'm your host Tiffan, I grew up in the French part of Switzerland and now live in London where I work in the environmental space, helping people and organizations connect the dots for a regenerative future. Over the past few years I've come to realize and understand that the reason why we care and feel such deep hurt when we see a forest being cut down or a whale being killed is because nature is where we come from. It's our home and it's who we are and it is so central to our balance and well-being and yet we've become so disconnected from it. Most of us in the western world living in concrete buildings, walking on concrete roads, living our lives away from the natural world. But I really do think we need a stronger connection with our environment now more than ever. So this podcast is all about finding ways to restore that connection while protecting and regenerating the ecosystems around us. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Christabel Reed, the co-founder of two online learning platforms, Advaya and Earth. A few years ago, Christabel and her sister Ruby created Advaya, a platform at the intersection of ecology, consciousness and the body, to help people heal their relationships with themselves, each other and the natural living world. They then developed and launched Earth, a nature skills platform removing the obstacles towards a mass-mobilized ecosystem restoration movement. I love that through Earth you can access a mix of theoretical as well as practical courses and learn about things such as soil health, seed saving, no-dig gardening, biodynamic farming and river restoration, to name a few of the many topics they cover. Their approach is that they want to empower people to learn from and for nature, which I think is exactly what the world needs. So Christabel and I spoke about how she worked with her sister to create and build these platforms. Um, the future she envisions and also her hopes for humanity's relationship with nature. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you will as well. I hope you're feeling comfortable and relaxed. Take a moment to feel connected and grounded. Drop your jaw, move your shoulders down, away from your ears. Take a deep breath in and a long breath out. Let's dive in. Thank you for caring and sending you lots of love. Hi, Christabel. Thank you so much for being here today. The first thing I would like to ask you is what's your story? So could you introduce yourself and kind of explain where, uh, how you got where you are today? Yeah, of course. Um, so currently I'm in London where I've grown up. So if you can hear sirens and beeping, that's the angry people just outside on the, at the junction. Um so yeah, my name is Christopher Reed, and I am the co-founder of two different organizations. One is called Advaya and the other one is called Earthed. And Advaya was started by my sister and I in 2015 as we were leaving university and were kind of confronted by what we saw as a real need for spaces where people could come together to learn about inner and outer transformation about and about the interconnectedness of them. So it was before the word like intersectionality was sort of mainstream and it wasn't a word that we ever used, but we, we would all, the, the sort of mission was to be able to explore like the interconnected nature of both the crises we face, but also the opportunities to co-create thriving worlds. And so Advaya took us on this journey of uh, 250 different events before lockdown, and then it moved online. So now it's advaya.life and you can access incredible learning journeys and courses around 
decolonization, about masculinity, femininity, spirituality, um, all sorts of things, queer ecology. Um, and then through creating and, and sort of um, the different iterations of Advaya, Ruby and I realized that whilst Advaya was sort of getting increasingly niche and in this kind of space of deep ecology and animism and kind of like cultural studies and philosophy and science, um, we were really wanting to also be able to be accessing and like mainstreaming very practical solutions to the climate and ecological and biodiversity crises. And we fell in love with ecosystem restoration. And that has journeyed now to the creation of Earth. So in a weird position really now of running two different organizations, both offering predominantly online education, but Advaya on our relational biosphere and Earth on the ecological biosphere. And obviously they are it's pretty much they are pretty much synonymous, but slightly different perspectives. And um my journey to that place before to to creating Advaya and then Earth was um it was a yeah I don't know just like a pretty disengaged teenager um never thought about the ecological crisis or human rights and was just very focused on you know my friends and my own life and um then went to study history and that really opened my eyes to like injustice and why it is that things are the way they are now and becoming really interested in processes and also like revolution and and like how radical how basically like radical people and movements have been the pe have been the reason why all the good things that we have now we have right so like the, the reason why so much there is so much good is because people have been able to dedicate themselves to creating that and to moving towards freedom um and then i I went I, I did like a sort of six years of, of study in yoga and yoga therapy and um, that really transformed my life and sort of shifted me out of a more of a like individualistic perspective to more of a collective and ecological one um, so yeah sorry it's a bit of a back to front story <laughs> but maybe it's enough context for now <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I love that and I feel like that's such a good intro to um, kind of everything you uh, cover with your work which is um, really incredible so Thank you for that. And I think I'll, I'll come back to Advaya a bit later, but something I wanted to ask about Earth is maybe could you give a few examples for people uh, to understand of the types of courses uh, that are on the platform? Yeah, just to give a little like sneak peek of what people can learn about. Yes. So we soft launched in June and we already have 15 courses on the platform and Earth courses are pre-recorded so and very high quality and they're about an hour long sometimes a little bit longer um so you can learn about urban gardening so about kind of transforming small space like small urban spaces into food and wildlife havens you can learn about community supported agriculture about localization about uh, democracy about river restoration even coral regeneration you can learn about soil restoration you can learn about no dig growing um we've got some coming up on like the politics of the food system we've got other ones coming up on regreening deserts and wildfire defense um it's very broad range because um, as a charity with a very big mission, we wanted to launch with a sort of diversity in our DNA rather than sort of honing into like a specific target audience of people in London. We wanted it to be very sort of um, expansive because 
there are just so many incredible ways that people can participate in the restoration of their local um, ecosystems. And so, yeah, currently there's 15 on the platform and we should be producing about 20 next year as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's uh, that's really cool. And I feel like from what I've seen as well on the platform, it's such a good mix of kind of um, theoretical courses if you run a, uh, if you want to learn more about a topic, but then also very practical things like you're saying, like how do you grow a garden um, in a big city and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I love that. And no, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, this, uh, yeah, the, the practical focus is kind of what sets Earth apart from a lot of other online learning platforms um advice has can have like a very sort of theoretical high level like systemic perspective which is absolutely essential um but it's also really essential just to be able to go direct to the solutions and like really learn how you can you can put those skills into action mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing and there, it really feels like there's something for everyone which whichever topic you're interested in you're you're probably going to find something to learn about which is really great um, and so have you started receiving feedback or success stories from people taking some of the courses and helping nature around them? We have or in the community area. Um, it's amazing seeing people like putting up um, pitches and posts about kind of the work that they're doing in their back gardens or about building ponds and building for biodiversity and doing river restoration. Um, next year, we're going to be doing a much more kind of concerted effort about like the impact tracking and case studies and all of that. But it's just been incredible to see the traction already um, with the with the members on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. It, it always feels so nice to see like pictures when, when you when when you launch something like that into the world, you kind of, you don't really know what's going to happen with it. And then kind of seeing people responding to it and engaging with it. I've never done this with that in the exact same way, but I've had instances before where I launched something and then it's a bit of a, you work so hard for, you know, months or sometimes even years before releasing it into the wild and then you're like well I don't know what people will think so and I, and I know the feeling of just seeing it um coming to life and people really responding and engaging and I know that's um, such a great one so congrats as well on the launch because I know you worked really hard on that and so then let, let's go also back to Advaya a little bit so um as you said it's a learning platform at the intersection of ecology consciousness and the body so what have been maybe your biggest learnings from um the work that you've done uh within that I mean really Advaya has been like all of my education post um yeah I mean just since we started really post university um you know we started we never started with like a business plan or an idea as to what we were like where it was going to go it was very much about like what are the topics that we're really interested in what are the things like where are the levers for change and like how can we explore that in like a multifaceted and like multi-dimensional ways um and so like really it's sort of been like a like university for life kind of thing like a lifelong learning process just like being within um advice so everything from about like animism and connecting with the more than human world to around like spiritual activism and the relationship between spiritual practice and creating harmony where disharmony has occurred to um decolonization and the creation of alternative systems and structures that make the old ones obsolete. I mean, there's just so there's just so much we've learned. Um, it's been it's like a because of the because of the the, the way that Ruby and I created Advaya, with it being like a very organic, just 
it's just had a sort of life of its own. Um, mm -hmm. It's really interesting to see kind of what the topics that people are most interested in. Um, and so it's amazing learning to see like how interested people are in things like mythology, um, which and, and, and like the study of community kind of like of relationship itself and what it means to live in kinship. And so these seemingly sort of very niche topic areas become some of our most popular um courses and offerings when actually we would have thought it would be something I don't know like a more practical or, or sort of direct like about cultivating joy in the body I don't know something like that so that's been really interesting as well mm -hmm. okay oh I love to hear that and it does sound like um well I guess in a way it kind of makes sense because if you think about it in the face of everything that we're facing uh, that humanity is facing it is quite terrifying and so I yeah I, I do understand why um it, it, it's probably quite um comforting to turn to those things like mythology and kind of look at the past or look at um, spirituality as well to kind of find support and find um maybe answers to some of the questions we're asking ourselves right so um, I, I love that um and so what's but that's kind of a broad question as well but what's your hope for the future of humanity's relationship with nature my hope I think mm. My hope, I believe, is foundationed in a transformation like of relationship from a sort of passive relationship which overlooks the relationship itself to an active participation in the relationship with nature. Mm. Um, I don't believe that there is a future idyll you know, a future utopia that we are clawing our way to in a linear sense. I there the, All we know is change, as Octavia Butler, um, you know, beautiful books are about. Um, and so I think, you know, as change makers and people on missions to kind of, to create more beautiful worlds, I think it's really important to remember that there is not going to ever be a sort of status quo that we reach that we're going to feel happy and satisfied with. And like that's the beauty of it because it's about constantly drawing out order where there is disorder and harmony where there is disharmony and about actively participating in those processes and understanding that we have a relational existence and it's not humans that are going to save the world but as um, an advisor curator explains it's our relationships that are going to save the world and just taking that very relational perspective and knowing that you know, you are part of an interconnected web, but yet you are not like subsumed within the rubric of the whole. You are powerful, but powerful in your interconnectedness and acknowledging that and taking action with that knowledge as like behind you and moving you forwards. I feel like, you know, anything is, anything is possible and there's a lot of power that can be drawn from that. I think a lot of suffering and the issues that we currently face stem from this idea that in order to separate yourself from the whole, that is where you get power. And there might be sort of short-term materialist um, like uh, accolades of power associated with that, but really you're just sort of cutting the branch on which you sit. Um, so yeah, definitely active participation. And, you know, it's, 
our relationship with nature and the world around us is, you know, a relationship with a partner, like an intimate relationship with a partner. You know, if you sit back and just sort of ignore it or just assume it's going to be fine all the time, you quickly realize that it's actually not. And it takes real tending to and nurturing and nourishment to sustain like beautiful relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I love this idea of having to remind ourselves that we're actually part of nature and we're part of that system. And I also love the collaborating, uh, collaborative approach that you're referring to. And I feel like that goes back as well to, um, I remember one of the things I really liked when I found out about Earth was this idea that it's learning from and for nature. And I think that's such a key aspect of how we can move forward in a, in a really um, healthy way, I guess, is by this yeah having this collaborative approach rather than trying to well for now we've had a very kind of extractive relationship with nature but then uh, restoring that balance I think is is definitely going to be needed so I love that your platform is helping um, accelerate that and so how do you how do you get people um, maybe around you or maybe you found something um, some elements to that as well with their with the communities that you've built Um, how do you get people to realize what's at stake and start doing more for the environment Mm. I think with um with Advire it's about tapping into the possibility of living a life where there is like more wonder and joy. Um and so we do a lot of work around enchantment and around cultivating meaning and purpose in life. Um and you know, kind of similar like not similar like but in an aligned way, um, with Earth, we're just very focused on bringing the solutions and the practical steps to the people on the platform. Before, I was very fixated on raising awareness around the ecological climate and climate crises in the way that that, that impacts human health and human rights. Mm-hmm. However, over the past two years, I've started to move away from that because I believe that enough people understand what the problem is and they understand what that there is great, great suffering. But I think that what they don't, well, not that it's silly saying they, but you know, like, I think a problem, like it's a huge piece which is lacking is the mechanisms that enable someone to go from awareness into action and so after years of doing a lot of different work you know we used to run eco-resolution before before we stopped that to really focus just on earth but it's for this exact reason that we're sort of constantly ringing an alarm bell but not actually showing people where the fire exits are or actually calling you know, the emergency services to the scene. And I think that's where the focus should increasingly be for people within the movement. I think what can happen sometimes is that, you know, someone like I'll speak for myself, like I'll have like I had an awakening to the ecological crisis and then I wanted everyone to understand with this sense that so long as everyone understands, everyone will act. But actually very quickly realizing, looking around my friendship group and beyond that you can absolutely know what's wrong and you still will not do anything about it. And so I think that, yeah, for me, it's very much about building those mechanisms now um, 
and not just raising awareness about the issues, but really sort of raising awareness about the, the pathways to radical and transformative change that aren't fixating on people being consumers or people being the problem. That is not a story that people are going to act on. It might be something that feels powerful and that it's shaming and, and it's bringing to light like real issues, but it's not something that everyone's going to be backing. I think now we need to start shifting towards uniting people and the positive solutions and stopping so much sort of finger pointing and naming and blaming and shaming and acknowledging that it's okay for there to be a diversity of opinion and for different opinions to exist without wasting all of our energy all the time on trying to change people's minds and just dedicating that energy into the people who are already on board and supporting those people in building the alternative systems that can enable humans and nature to thrive. Mm -hmm. I do think it makes a lot of sense and it also resonates with what a lot, a lot of what I've been experiencing around this is this idea that channeling that um anger and grief that we can feel uh, you know like looking at the news and everything into positive action and and kind of um looking towards the solutions as you're saying and then that that's also i found a a, a better solution to reach more people because more people as you're saying will respond by um if we give them messages of hope and and you know kind of try to like draw them into the movements um with, with the solutions and the positive uh, news and everything rather than um, trying to terrify them into taking action which often doesn't work and it's often also easier when you're faced with that to um, just turn your head away because you want to protect yourself as well and your mental health right mm. um, and so then on a personal level how do you um because I'm also really interested uh, and I know you are as well into in the link between well-being and self-care and nature and how um you know we we need um, as we were saying before we're we're such a we are part of nature and and we need that connection and we need that contact with nature um to to lead a happy healthy balanced life so one one thing that i'm focusing on with this new season of the podcast is um self-care as well so how do you personally practice self-care and restore your balance when, when you need to um, when you feel like you need kind of a, a reset to be completely honest and transparent, it's something I've really, really, really struggled to do over the past two years. Um, actually, since lockdown happened, I feel that my self-care, and it was a really long time ago now, um, but my sort of self-care has has like really taken a hit. Um, and I think a big reason for that was when I stopped like being a practicing yoga therapist to focus on Advaya and earthed um I kind of got locked in behind the laptop and doing laptop work and increasingly you know as the teams grew and your responsibility increases and things just suddenly you just suddenly realize that like you're that you're just having to cover so much and there's just never enough hours in the day and that sort of adrenaline and anxiety can just very quickly and like tell me to skip doing my yoga therapy practice in the morning or can skip this or that and then working very late into the night all the time so mm -hmm. yeah for the past especially two years um especially whilst like building and like setting earth up to be able to launch this year um self-care and practice have been like pretty thin on the ground um however they have been existing otherwise I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to continue um and I think that's something else to say is that like me and I feel culturally as well we sort of look at our self-care 
um, and compare it to this sort of like Instagrammed ideal of looking after yourself and all of the nurturing, nourishing things you can do and having very strict boundaries of work. But when you are in love with the vision of what it is you're creating and the people that you're creating with, boundaries between work and life are really hard to put in place, mm-hmm. uh, especially when the stuff you know that like if you don't do it there's no no one else is going to do it so like you just you just end up doing it anyway so um so yeah i just wanted to to voice that sort of comparison thing um about self care and this idealized idea of of what it is um anyway so with all that being said um i do do very small yoga therapy practices every morning um which are focused on releasing tension in my body and just breathing and just uh, but I've been so exhausted that they're basically just me lying down and breathing with some mm-hmm. like spine stretches um so that's on like the the sort of physical embodied and, and mental planes um I also do quite a bit of chanting as well which I find very helpful um for for kind of hooking and focusing the mind as I'm um, developing my breath the other areas that I've found incredibly helpful over the past two years are prayer. There's been some moments in the development of earth that have just been so scary and difficult and challenging. And in those moments when I just had no idea what to do, um, I found connecting with prayer one of the most helpful things to just get me through the day and to be able to kind of resource myself and give myself that inner strength I needed to keep going and you know overcoming and being able to take people's negative views of what you're doing and be able to transform them um so there's that and of course I think my biggest one is friends and family and just always making sure that you're having enough time to be with your friends and to have fun and to have joy and sort of just not be constantly taking life so seriously um, and just creating that space um, the last one I'll say is the uh, what I think is, is like from a sort of mental perspective um, framework is the approach to action that is taught or if I was wrong in my interpretation then inspired by the Bhagavad Gita which is about approaching your action with non-attachment so burnout for me occurs when I start to cling to the fruits of the action. So, you know, in the launching of advaya.life or of earth.co and it's like, you know, is it going to be successful? And are we going to reach our like KPIs and, you know, and all of this stuff. And it's that sort of the, the fear and the worry about what you're doing, not being good enough is for me, what, breaks me down the most the actual getting up and going and doing the stuff and just trying to figure it out and make it the best you can like that's a really fun and creative process it's all of the sort of mental worry that's really hard so another thing is about sort of sacrificing the fruits of your actions to the greater good just knowing that you and the team are just everyone is doing the absolute best that they can um and just yeah just knowing that you are sort of aligning with a movement towards liberation and freedom and that in and of itself is such a great win that um yeah not to be not to be rooting your action on desire and and kind of clinging that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense thank you so much for sharing that I feel like that was a lot of very 
Um, very practical advice and also a good reminder, as you were saying, of um, the fact that self-care isn't one thing and and especially with with Instagram and social media we're kind of led to believe sometimes that we should be doing this and that and have this like perfect morning routine and evening routine and blah blah but then actually that never really works with with, uh, in the real world so it's such a good reminder that you have to kind of find what works for you and and find also personally what I've found really helpful lately was trying to find little pockets during the day um, and breathing as you were saying like breathing for me was one of my biggest unlocks in terms of self-care and just I read this book um on on breath and I'd never re- I've, I've been trying to meditate for years and I never really managed to like focus and then when I understood that I could just start uh, understanding my um breathing patterns better and kind of focusing on that and now I do it you know whenever if I have a really busy day like rushing from a meeting to another just like maybe I'm like in between meetings or something and I just take one minute to just breathe and that's already like such a bit you know it's so helpful and so like finding whatever works for you and like how can you fit that within your uh within your day and your schedule and your life in a way that works for you um uh, yeah it's a good reminder so thank you so much for sharing that um yeah and I think that's that's a beautiful note to end on so I think we'll end here but um thank you so much for your time Christabel it was such an interesting conversation I feel like we could go on for hours because there's so much (laughs) so many things we could go into more detail but um yeah thank you for your time and I'm sure the listeners will enjoy the conversation as well thank you for having me Thank you, listeners. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, Make sure you check out the show notes for all links and more information about Earth and Advaya. Um, And to say hi to Christabel as well. And if you can, please don't forget to share the episode around you. This is really helpful. Um, You can also message me on Instagram at whywecarepodcast if you have any feedback or thoughts. It's always so lovely to hear from you. Thank you so much and I'll see you soon. Thank you for caring and sending you lots of love.